This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, hey, holy mackerel. No doubt about it. The Cubs are on their way. Oh, I better stop. Or uh, I'll have my privileges here at Bet Rivers taken away from me because that's two podcasts consecutively where I've opened in song. I can't help it. I've got more jump in my step these days because there are some sunny skies, not literally today, but uh, figuratively indeed, if you're a Cubs fan or if you're an NFL fan, because that's what I was buzzing about the other day. Football season's here and the Bears are going to rock it, but let's go, let's do the Cubs because they did it last night in exciting fashion. Man, it is cool to have meaningful mid-August baseball on the north side of Chicago, even if you're not a Cubs fan, unless you're one of those like our guy Adam Delavitt, who runs Bet Rivers Podcast Network, who just hates He doesn't like to see the Cubs ever do well. That's okay, too, if that's where you're at. I'm not among those. Uh, I, if it's good for interest, it's good for me. And Christopher Morrell, you are welcome to be my guest on the next Danny Mac podcast when we celebrate another series victory. It shouldn't be too long because the Royals are up next for the Cubs. Let's go over the details of Wednesday night's thriller at Wrigley. Back-to-back four to three finals. The Sox won the opener, as you know, Tuesday night. And Wednesday, it was it felt just watching on television. The excitement in the stands on the field was palpable. Sox players, including starter Mike Clevenger, were into it. Tim Anderson actually made a play yesterday. It was defensively. He didn't get a hit. He was on base once. I think he walked. But there was excitement. And White Sox fans trying to hang on to the idea of playing the role of spoiler trying to redeem themselves for an absolute disaster of a season. God, was Clevenger good through seven last night. He hit 98 a couple times and pitched about as well as he's gone this year. He has had a much better year than anticipated. But uh, the skipper, Pedro Grifol, decides to lift him after seven innings and 102 pitches in the books. And on comes Aaron Bummer, who was given him a three to nothing lead. Andrew Vaughn decided to go deep last night, first homer in two months for one of many DHs in a White Sox uniform. Nick Madrigal homers off Bummer in the eighth to make it a 3 1 game to set the stage for Morell's heroics in the bottom of the ninth off of a closer Gregory Santos, who had. He, he, he had Morell one and two in the count and threw a 99 and a half mile an hour sinker over the lower outside corner of the plate. And Morell bashed it into the first row of the right center field bleacher, bleachers in dramatic fashion. He rips off his helmet as he's touching first base. The Cubs players mobbed him as soon as he got to the plate. 
Bellinger and Swanson, two of the biggest offensive heroes of this season, the two principal leaders of this team offensively in that order, were on base. Bellinger had doubled, and then Swanson walked. Morrell has been a revelation this year. The Cubs have an it factor. They have a vibe. I'm a believer in in recalibrating your expectations along the way during a baseball season. Baseball takes a long time to show itself as to what it really is. In a football season, you know in a month. You play four games. That's almost 25%. Where's Lovey Smith? Uh, he's good at fractional math to do that for me. But in a baseball season, you are changed. You can change identities several times. And since they rebounded from that disastrous London trip, the Cubs have a vibe going. I believe in that. I believed in it in 98 when this team reminds me a lot of that 98 team, the Cubs team that made a wild card by playing 163 games only to get bashed by Atlanta in the first round. But that team had a vibe. That team made late in the year acquisitions like Gary Gaetti. The Cubs just made some late in the year acquisitions. They've got it going on. I am not projecting World Series for the Cubs as some enthusiastic Cubs media types did after the game last night. I think it was just wishful thinking and celebrating the moment as they're walking down the streets of Wrigleyville. Um, Visions of late October baseball dancing in their heads. I can't do that. But for the now, for today, God, it was fun. What a fun late in the year series. Great defense excitement in the broadcast booth and I did some toggling last night I'm not a Boog Shambi guy but I listen to Cubs television for a little bit usually listening to White Sox television and then consuming all kinds of social media and MLB coverage today to digest the heroics of Morrell and uh, God what uh, what a game it was for the Cubs who are still chasing the Milwaukee Brewers Now here's the part of the show when I piss in your cornflakes, Cubs fans. I don't see it. I don't see it without Marcus Stroman. The news that arrived yesterday about Stroman's rib cage cartilage was a death knell. They can't do it without him. And he has struggled recently anyway. He's not been the same guy who he was when they started the year. He was lights out his first 14, 15 starts. He was among the league leaders in ERA. His whip was low. He was going great. Then he's hit the skids a little bit of late and hasn't gone for several weeks now. And while, you know, rehabbing from a sore right hip comes the rib cage problem on the right side of his body, and Jed Hoyer said Wednesday, I've never seen this before. I, I don't I have no idea how to project a recovery. I, I without him, it's not going to happen. And even if Kyle Hendricks were going better than he's been going of late, um, I, I'd feel like they still don't have they still don't have an ace. They still don't have that guy who you give the ball to and you know must win game and you say, okay, it's yours. It's yours. Give me six, give me six, maybe seven innings. Stroman was that guy. Justin Steele, maybe, maybe. Is it Drew Smiley? I don't know. Are they going to find, you know, lightning in a bottle at the minor league level like some are suggesting? Boy, lots of luck if that's how you're going to do it. But for the short term, 
What the Cubs have to do is step on the throats of the friggin' Kansas City Royals. What a blessing it is. While you're digesting the news of Stroman, you've got the second worst team in the American League behind Oakland. You've got Kansas City up for three. And then you get to dance with another AL Central punching bag. The Detroit Tigers are next on the card. So enjoy your week against the American League Central. Take advantage of it. You didn't get both of them against the Sox, which is unfortunate for the Cubs. Four games above the 500 mark. They've got two series left with Milwaukee. They've got more dates ahead with Cincinnati, and they also have to play Arizona. But, man, while you've got these these teams that are in negative ink, I, what, the, the Royals are almost, what, minus 170 in run differential. Only the athletics are worse. You got to kick these guys in the teeth all weekend. It starts Friday. That's when the Cubs have to go back to work and just beat the shit out of these bad teams. Kansas City and Detroit got to do that. But as exciting as it was, as much fun and unexpected as it was, this baseball ride, and it's going to continue, which for me is what the Cubs did most importantly. They did their jobs. All I ever asked was for one of our two baseball teams to build me a bridge until September when the ball goes in the air. And every Sunday, my Hall of Fame room is filled with NFL bliss. The Cubs did that. They got us this September. Maybe they'll get us even to October. But, uh, man, your table is ready, Christopher Morrell. A hell of a game. Wednesday night at gorgeous Wrigley Field. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Typically, I would not scout a Bears preseason opponent, but the Bears don't always stop in Indianapolis, and uh, the Colts usually have an old has-been quarterback taking them into a new season. Things are different this year. Let's go to Indianapolis. Dan Dockich is all things Colts for his podcast. He is a legendary. That's right, a legendary Indianapolis broadcaster you can catch him 9 to 11 central time at don't at me follow him on twitter he's got strong thoughts on many things including his pal chris ballard the general manager of the colts hi doc danny legendary means amount of work i'm not but i probably will be soon it's kind of my it's my mo you know what is interesting about this big d last year i go to colts camp and the Colts are supposed to be good. Everybody's talking about Matt Ryan. And I'm watching him play the Detroit Lions. And I'm sitting there. I'm doing my show from there. And I'm sitting there watching after the show. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second here. The Lions are every bit as good as the Colts. If the Colts are supposed to be good, the Lions are going to be good. Colts might not be better than the Lions. People laughed at me. And we saw how that worked out. So I'm kind of anxious to see here because I believe – I believe Justin Fields is going to be the breakout star in the uh, NFL this year. And I don't think the Colts are going to be very good. We're all looking at Richardson, but that defense isn't very good. But I think you can tell a lot, not from the game itself, but from the pr scrimmages, the practices, and I'm looking forward to it. Richardson looks like he belongs already from most accounts. Is that your, your take on it? I'm not sure. Uh, Danny, I'm not sure. You know, he throws an interception, so the people that don't like him say, oh, look, he can't throw. Okay, he throws a pass in practice, which you know. I mean, you know, seven on seven, no pads. 
I've always said this about quarterbacks and baseball players. You know, remember when Barry Bonds used to wear the armor on the side of him and he'd get up there and he'd swing and he had the body armor. If, if you take fear away, if you take the fear of getting hurt away from a quarterback, getting pounded, if you take the fear of getting hit by a baseball away, hell, I could be a 250 hitter at 61 years old if you took fear out of it. So I, I don't know. You know, he's throwing in shorts. He's got a big arm. He's got a big body. He's fast as hell. When he runs, it's different. He's strong. You know, inaccuracy is a problem in college. Danny, I don't know, and I don't think we're going to know until we lace him up first game against the Jaguars. And even then, who the hell's going to know after one game? But I do say this. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks different than most football players, man. Moves different. <laughs> Goes different. He is different. I'll I'll give him that. He seems very confident, though, as well. When they made him the starter earlier in the week, I I heard him react to that. Now that this guy's got some poise, and he seems to feel like he belongs in this outfit. But it's a team that's that's challenged, Doc, and it was challenged even when Jonathan Taylor was healthy last year. They aren't very physical, and their skilled positions are goddamn terrible. Has that changed? No. no. No, 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 no. Jonathan Taylor is the only legit weapon. Now, they got the kid out of Glenn Allen, Alec Pierce, who's a good player, and, I, and people think he'll be good, but he's not a big-time weapon. Michael Pittman's that slow possession-type receiver. They recruit a kid named Downs. They haven't had a burner. They haven't had – I always use Willie Galt, Danny, as my kind of my guy, the guy that you're just like, oh, wait a second. He can throw, you know, throw it as far as you can. He'll run under it. They don't have anybody like that. Taylor's their only real weapon. Tight ends are young, haven't shown a whole lot. No. And, and, you know, the Colts have done this backwards. The Colts built from the inside out. They paid a shit ton of money for offensive linemen, $19 million for a center, $20 million for a left freaking guard that they drafted six, another $18 million for a right tackle that they drafted as a right guard. They, they've done this completely ass backwards. Their record shows that they've done this backwards because you and I both know weapons, weapons, and more weapons. If Chase Claypool were here in Indy, he'd be the number one receiver by far, and it wouldn't be close. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not much of a statement. When Quentin Nelson was on top of his game, he was worth the $20 million, but uh, he seems to already be showing some wear and tear. How close is he to getting back to where he was when he just busted onto the scene? Yeah, we're going to find out. That line has been bad. That line, ever since Anthony Costanzo. When Anthony Costanzo played in Indianapolis, he got drafted. I think Polian drafted him. And Danny, they put him at left tackle from day one. And he stayed at left tackle until his career was over 10 years later. Never missed a game. I think he missed a couple games. And let me back up. When he did miss a couple games, one of his last years, the offensive line looked like hell, including Nelson. It was almost like nobody paid attention to Costanzo except the players that played with him. And he was like Seinfeld. You know how in Seinfeld, Danny, they all hang out at Jerry's house. If you take Jerry out of it, everybody's a little uncomfortable. That was Costanzo. They have been horrible since Anthony Costanzo has not been on the coast, including Nelson. He's been awful. Ryan Kelly, awful. Um, line incredibly overrated. We're not going to know. They've got a new left tackle, a kid named Raymond, who played last year, some rookie, or last year as a rookie out of Central Michigan. He was fine. We'll see. But we're not going to know. And with Jonathan Taylor not there and their backup, Zach Moss, hurt, 
Now you've got a kid from Northwestern, Evan Hall. You got a journeyman from Duke named Deion Jackson. We got smart guys at running back, Duke and North Carolina. What the hell? Or Duke and Northwestern, what the hell? But they don't have weapons. Um, you're gonna see a lot of screen passes, you're gonna see a lot of throwing short passes because of the accuracy, and you're gonna lot you're gonna see Anthony Richardson running the football. He's gonna remind a little bit of Bobby Douglas who was one of my all-time favorites, by the way, growing up. He's going to remind a little about us. Dan Dockage going old school. Bobby yeah. Douglas, uh, last bear to rush for four touchdowns in a game. He did it against the Packers in 1974. Oh, man. Whose fingerprints are more on a crappy culture in Indianapolis? If, in fact, that is correct, that it's a lousy locker room, a lousy place to work, like some are suggesting, whose fingerprints are more on it, Jimmy Ursay or Chris Ballard? I'm going to say Ballard. Ursay's proven he can get a culture going. They 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 had a guy from Highland, one of your guys, uh, Ryan Grigson, and everybody complained he was too mean. He was too tough. Well, they overcorrected, and they went, we call him the preacher. Uh Chris Ballard sold PR. It was all about PR. It was all about, quote, relationships. They did videos. It's all about relationships. He cried. He talked about, oh, my God, we got to be sensitive. We got to, all right, great. You know what? I don't care. Put a football team together. He got rid of an offensive line coach because he swore too much. He hired Frank Reich who had to tell people he was a Mensa. I don't even know what the hell a Mensa is, but he was telling people he's Mensa, who was the softest. They have a culture of no accountability. They have a culture of softness. It was all in response to the big old meanie, Ryan Grigson, being too tough. McAfee and other former players whined about Grigson. He was too mean, too tough, blah, 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 blah. Grigson never had a losing record with the Colts. This guy, in seven years, Ballard has a losing record with the Colts. Jimmy Ursay has neutered him. For whatever the reason, he didn't want to fire him. He fired right. So this guy goes and drafts Richardson, which is going to save his job for another year. Chris Ballard, in football, Danny, and, and in sports, there are winners, there are losers, there are survivors. Ballard is a survivor. I've said it for years. He's like on a 10-year plan. Who the hell has a 10-year plan? Nobody has a 10-year plan in the NFL. We're on no. year seven. No division titles in the weakest division in the NFL. It ain't even close. Uh, now you got a quarterback, maybe. You have not had one home game, not one home playoff game. In seven years, they've won one playoff game. Losing record. Had to get rid of basically Reich, the guy that Ballard hired, and bring in who? Jeff Saturday. This thing's a mess. Luck didn't want to play there. Rivers didn't come back. They offered him $25 million. He was there one year. He said no. Stephon Gilmore out begged to get out of there. They got rid of him for a fifth-round draft choice. It's a mess. Ursay is certainly to blame. He has his daughters in meetings. He's got his daughters with headphones on. They're in coaching candidate uh, interview sessions. But this is all Ballard. The bullshit of Chris Ballard has been exposed. He's been bad. But in Indy, we love Chris Ballard. So we keep him and we keep getting our ass beat. Boom! Man, that's strong stuff with Dan Dockich, who played his college basketball for Robert Montgomery Knight. And I think I got the right guy to ask this question. I saw some of your tweets about what was happening with the investigation at Northwestern, and I, I, I think I've got the right guy for this. 
when and I'm not going to condone guys rubbing up their balls with soap and washing teammates who are also naked. That that's not for me. I don't know if that happened. I don't know how 12 or 14 guys agreed to soap up for it. That's more on them than it is the coach. But when guys use this language, my experience at Northwestern was emotionally disturbing. Uh, it, it was really something that was not a good experience. You're playing Division I football. You're playing in the Big Ten. And I don't care if it's 1983 in Bloomington or 2023 in Evanston. That's what you signed up for. You're preaching in the choir, brother. I said this when I played at Indiana. Coach Knight could take a baseball bat and hit me over the head. Just play me 30 minutes. I don't give a shit what you did to me. Alford, Randy Whitman, you want to pee on me? Great. Play me 30 minutes. I don't care. I love Dan Dockage, and it's always fun catching up with him. He's a region guy. I don't always agree with him. He's uh He's cavemanish, but that's part of what I like about him, that he's willing to be cavemanish because some people are. But when you hear them talk public wise, they're not. They're not who they really are. I'd rather have somebody who's real. And it's always fun, whether I'm talking basketball or football, to do it with Dan Dockich. The Bears and the Colts going to knock heads on Saturday afternoon. Don't forget for all of your NFL wagering install that bet rivers app if you haven't done it already i need to get a laptop flipped around here because it's it's registered in illinois and i live in indiana and i gotta get that changed before long because before you know i'm gonna be wanting to make my season plays i'm gonna talk about them next week on the show i promise you that's on the docket uh, as we inch our way closer toward meaningful football we're now only three weeks away from the lid being lifted on the season when the defending champion chiefs take on dan campbell and the upstart god i can't say the lions without laughing they are not going to win the nfc north i'll talk more about the nfl next week and i am going to have a, a a tremendous tremendous visit early next week i i just, i'm eagerly anticipating this and i hope it lives up to my expectations because in all the years i've been talking about football on the radio and it started in 85 i've never interviewed joe klecko the former new york jet defensive lineman who recently was enshrined in the pro football hall of fame never once have i had him on the air i don't know how that's happened he's done a little bit of media over the years not a ton of it but, you know, I guess, it, you know, the Bears only play the Jets every four years. Maybe that's why the Jets never went deep into the playoffs. Well, they got to one AFC championship game, I think, with Mark Sanchez at the wheel, if I remember right. But they've not been really uh, – haven't had a chance to talk to him. And I'm finally going to get on board with Joe Klecko, who to me is on the Mount Rushmore of number 73s in NFL history. That's right. Yeah, the first face you carve in the, the Mount 73 more – is uh, is Larry Allen of the Cowboys. Then you do with John Hanna, the guy whose face was stuffed in this smushy old football helmet. His face mask was right up against this pudgy face. John Hanna. And then you go Joe Klecko of the Jets of the New York Sack Exchange and the fourth and final face. Is there any doubt? Number 73, Mike Hartenstein. Woof, woof, my friend. Go Bears. Thank you so very much for listening to the show. Dan Dockich, Don't At Me is his podcast. If you want to check that out, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Dan Dockich, D-A-K-I-C-H. Adam Delavitt is producing this week along with help 
from uh, we got a cast of thousands this week, and I want to thank them all. Alex Pastor and Troy Machir, thank you, as well as Randy Merkin and Sam Michael, my vacationing executive producer. Have a great weekend. I am back Monday to talk about the Bears and Colts and all other NFL Cubs happenings. I'm Dan McNeil. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 